this week, we discuss selling out with Johnny Quest and Less Than Jake. Stay tuned. Welcome to On The Upbeat. I am Matt. I'm RJ Phoenix. And wow, are you okay? You kind of tripped over some words there. <laughs> yeah, I did. You, you'd think I would have had my show notes up, uh, but I didn't. <laughs> so I couldn't get to it fast enough, and I tried to do it from memory, and then I stumbled over Johnny Quest. And so, yeah. All right. Wow. We have a scotastic. tastic uh, scossome show for you this week that's enough ska puns are cut off okay all right so rj why don't you tell us what we're doing this week ah geez uh we are having kind of an all-star lineup of ska podcasters now it's not every ska podcaster but we got plenty we got plenty (laughs) we got we got brian the rudy librarian i have hey we have cool chris from the uh, ska punk international podcast and we also have uh, Aaron and Adam from the uh, Defending Ska, In Defense of Ska podcast. Sorry, I messed that up, boys. But yes. It's okay. We love the With the Upbeat podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we also have, we're also in represent, we're representing also the uh, 23 Minutes podcast. Oh, yeah, 23 Minutes of Ska, which uh 500th episode this Thursday, 500th official episode, probably like, like 550 if you count on officials. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I've been doing that for far too long. Um, and I, I love it, but it's going to have more episodes than listeners soon. So uh, <laughs> who knows what's going on there? Uh, that, <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. Th- you think that? Because it seems like everyone seems to know you more than this show because it's been around for 12 years that's just (laughs) (laughs) it's like you know like everyone is like oh that show's still on the air or like that band didn't break up that's what 12 23 minutes of sky is now it's like oh that's still going good for him (laughs) i don't think that's true when you play one of the like bands like i noticed like an uptick in hans gruber listens today like well see that's it's good because that that that's what i want that's all i want from that show i want bands to get some uh Get some recognition. Get get more listeners. That's the whole reason I started it was to promote bands. So so I'm glad that uh, you're seeing that on your side, Mr. Chris. Yeah, I mean, they had a few other things mentioned today, but I mean, come on, like <laughs> I've seen it with other you're bands very too. But I, I just you just played them like you know in the last episode, so I'm using that yeah. as an example. I've seen it before though, so I, oh, I know that it works. That's awesome. Aww. Uh, All right, so we do have a lot of show to get to, so we're going to get straight to Ska News, and then we will chat with everyone, and it'll be uh, awesome. So here we go with Ska News. Yes, Ska News, where we talk about the latest releases and all the cool things happening in Ska around the world. At least all that we can talk about in like a 10-minute segment. All right, so first up, we have Bite Me Bambi. On Friday, May 13th, Bite Me Bambi is releasing a 7-inch vinyl. One side of the vinyl is a remix version of Bite Me Bambi's Crazy by Lee Stretch uh, Scratch Perry. Uh, the second side is Bite Me Bambi covering... 
Police and Thieves, originally written and produced by Lee Scratch Perry. The vinyl will be available to purchase uh, on the Bandcamp page for Stay Free Recordings. There are three variant colored vinyls. Uh, each order will also come with a 7-inch uh, slip mat as well. It'll basically, on the slip mat, will have the cover art uh, for the album. Uh, you can actually stream both songs right now, but we're going to listen to uh, Bite Me Bambi's cover of Police and Thieves right now. Here we go. like that cover that's a good song right there um so like i said that song right now is actually streaming you can actually find it on spotify and uh so this friday may 13th you can order a seven inch vinyl there's only 300 available so uh basically a hundred of each color variant so once they're gone they're gone for good so make sure you pick that up all right next up we have flip and the combined effort on may 2nd flip and the combined effort dropped a new ep called hi is this ska's mom and uh it's a three song ep uh that is pretty cool and we're gonna check out a song right now from them uh this is the first song on the ep uh i think this this song everyone can relate to uh especially if you have anything related to an office type job Uh, The song is called This Could Have Been an Email. Let's check it out. Why am I in this meeting? My joy begins depleting. I'm wondering why I'm sitting in this chair. The topic's so defeating. There are tests that need completing. As I check the clock, I'm filled up with despair. Because this information could have been disseminated in a less pain. This could have been an email. This could have been something sent electronically. Yes, I get all of the mandates, but essential by our own state. But this could have been an email. Okay, staff, let's look at the agenda for today's meeting, shall we? I just like the theme of this song, just because there's so many times I've been sitting someplace in the meeting and been like, did we all have to be here? Because it seems to only concern, you know, some of us. Why do we all have to be here? This could have been an email. May I interject? Yeah, sure. May I say something? I'm sorry. This uh, three-song little single here uh, has a lot of uh, teacher-themed things. He did a... Absolutely. Uh, his his launch was a party for teachers with drinks and... Uh, Why well, I say his, their launch. 
was a party uh, for teachers with drinks and this music. And I just really want to highlight too the name of the second song, which as a teacher, I relate to on a primal level level, which is I wish I could pee whenever I want. It's, mm. <laughs> yeah. it's the story of my teacher life. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Continue. No, yeah, that, and that's some good info. Let me just say like flip rules. They're an awesome live band. They're from here where I am and they've played on some of the shows they've hosted, like the stuff we did last month with Flying Raccoon Suit and some of the other bands like Hans Gruber and stuff. Flip uh, played on that and they're awesome. And um, definitely check out that EP and some of their other stuff. They have some other really cool songs too on streaming. So hey, highly recommend where it. I'm from too. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Awesome. RJ, do you have anything you wanted to highlight? Uh, yeah, out of Belgium, there's a band called Prize Dink Camp, and they just released their album Unity Sausage this last week. I was a fan of their previous EP they put out a few years ago, and I had no idea if they were still playing together or not. So this was a welcome surprise that I picked up on Bandcamp Friday. And a band I just found out about, even though they've been around for a while, called Rude Six out of the UK, released a new single called La 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 that I really, really enjoy. Awesome. Oh, yeah, that song rules. Awesome. Yeah. So I wanted to give you all a chance to plug maybe anything you're doing with your shows or anything else you got coming up. So, Chris, I know you have some stuff. Is there anything you want to mention here? Well, you wasn't it last week you had Hans Gruber on. That album is out on my label right now. Just came out. Um, so, yeah, the new Hans Gruber and the Die Hards record. Check that out. It's everywhere. I've got the second pressing of tapes up. Um, the next big thing coming, though, is uh, Songs for Moms 2. Last year, we did the first charity comp for that, and it went really well. We raised a little over $1,600. And the second edition is coming June 19th, so a little more than a month away. And this time, it's not just moms. There's also going to be Songs for Dads coming on Beautiful Rat Records. So it'll be like a sister or brother nice. compilation, I guess, because yeah. dads. <laughs> right. So there's two of them. Uh, the money will be going to Prevent Cancer Foundation again. Might add a second charity, depending on how much it raises and stuff. And there's also going to be like a kickoff stream thing on uh, Megawave's Twitch channel on June 15th. So on um, that one, we'll have some of the bands that are on the comp, like play little sets, and we'll premiere some of the songs and stuff. So, yeah, I guess that's the next big thing. And otherwise, just, you know, check out Scott Punk International, wherever you can find it all over the place, podcast and the label. Awesome. In defense of Scott, you all have some stuff coming up that you want to talk about. Maybe uh, future episodes coming up. Um, I think you know uh, we do we do episodes every week. So I think the week one of the the big thing that we're promoting right now is that we have a Patreon. We started uh, at the beginning of the year. Uh, we do um, monthly bonus episodes, pretty like random things, and then we do extended interviews every every Wednesday. When we drop an episode, you'll you can hear like you know ten. 20 minutes of additional interview or maybe some insight from Adam and I, um, or a little of both. Um, so I think that's, you know, that's when, when does this episode drop? Does this drop tomorrow? Uh, when this coming Wednesday. So this coming Wednesday, May 11th, May 11th. uh, we'll be, uh, we'll be the, that also the day this drops, uh, we'll have our episode will be with Pook, um, from, uh, Pook out records. Awesome. But, uh, the rest of the month is a secret. You'll have to <laughs> follow closely and find out. I could say oh, right now. You. Do you want me to say? Oh yeah, Chris. Chris knows. I mean, I, <laughs> I sometimes, I sometimes late at night, we'll call him and tell him what's going on in the podcast. Yeah, Aaron shares secrets with me, and um, I'm lucky that way. Yeah, awesome. 
Uh, Brian, do you have anything you want to promote coming up that you're doing? I do. I do. Yes. Yeah. So first of all, the day after this podcast drops is my birthday. So that's exciting. Woo-hoo. Uh, wow. Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, I'm an attention whore. So uh, also uh, on uh, starting in late May, maybe early June, we're going to be doing something additional in the podcast, kind of like a side podcast, but it's still going to come through the Rudy Librarian. Um, it's going to be called the 700s, which is a reference to the 700s in the uh, Dewey Decimal System, which is like entertainment. Um, and so me and a couple of friends are going to go through uh, the way we're going to start it is we're going to go through a bunch of stuff that Cameron Crowe did um, and talk about it um, because we like it. So um, we're going to start with uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High um, for an episode, and then we're going to move into uh, Say Anything. Uh, we'll do Elizabeth Town, Almost Famous, Roadies, his uh, documentaries over Pearl Jam and stuff like that. It's not very ska, but it is very fun, um, and it uh, ties in, you know, because that Dewey Decimal thing. I'm good at branding. <laughs> anyway. That's awesome. All. That's great. It's uh, All right. Uh, we, of course, at On The Upbeat do have a Patreon as well. $4 a month gets you at least two bonus episodes. Uh, we're on track now to keep up with probably at least three or four uh, extras a month. Um, so uh, you can check that out, patreon.com slash on the upbeat. And we just put up some of our bonus episodes on Bandcamp um, that you can purchase. If maybe um, you don't want to subscribe monthly, but you still see some stuff that we're doing bonus-wise that you want to get, we will slowly start selling some of those on the side. Um, So right now we have four up with um, Tara from Half Past Two and... um, Evan from Hooray for Our Side, Talina from Bite Me Bambi, and Cody from Millington. All those are up on our Bandcamp page, so check those out if you want. And that's it for uh, plugging and begging you to pay attention to us. Um, But now, uh, so this all kind of came together, one from a sort of, I guess, a request that uh, we all saw on Twitter. And so Brian slash the Rudy Librarian... Um, requested that for his 40th birthday, we, we do this. Uh, uh, and this is, this, uh, unfortunately is take two, but we were able to pull some more people together for take two. So yay for take two. Um, so Brian, why don't you start us off with our discussion and, uh, maybe a little bit more info on why you wanted to, to have this, uh, ska podcast summit and, uh, what do you want to talk about first and take it away, Brian? Well, I will say that like, uh, kind of like you said that someone had said that they would love to see us all do an episode together. That was really all the motivation. There was nothing beyond that. I just thought it'd be fun, uh, fun to do. And again, there's tons and tons of, uh, great Scott, Scott podcasts out here, but, uh, you guys are all some of, some of my favorite, and, uh, and, and there gets to be a point where there's just too many people talking. So it's, it's good to limit it. It's somewhere in there. Sure. Um, but yeah, we're going to actually start, I think, with the question I usually end with. Um, now, Chris, y- you have been on my podcast before, so you've answered this. So you're going to have to come up with a different answer or you're fired. <laughs> but everyone else, everyone else, they've only said it on a podcast that was lost. So they can say the same thing, <laughs> which is, which is, um, are you guys readers? And if so, what's your favorite book? I'll go, I first. go first. Sure. Go ahead, Chris. 
I don't know what I said when I was on your show, and I'm so bad at reading that I'm afraid I'm going to say the same one. <laughs> That's okay. If you if you say it, we'll just press the eject button. Oh, good. You're not even going to like give me a hint what I said? Uh, I don't remember what you said. <laughs> okay, good. Great. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's different because I, I don't think I was reading this back then. So uh, I'm not that much of a reader. I really only read like music books, um, you know, or like some comics, but I'm terrible at like keeping up with them. Um, but what I've been reading lately, I've been reading, um, hip hop and other things, the latest Shea Serrano book. I only recently got around to that like a month ago and it's awesome. Like all his other ones, the movies one and the TV one are great. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying that. A lot of really cool facts about lots of different aspects of hip hop. So it's awesome. Awesome. All next. Aaron, okay, you go I'll, I'll next. Go. go, Aaron, go. All right. Um, I hate reading. Reading's the worst. Burn books. I encourage that's, it. That's exactly <laughs> what that's exactly what Maddie Daddy always says. Yep. No. Speaking of burning books, you might enjoy a book called Fahrenheit 450. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Okay. I, I listed like 20 books uh, in, in the infamous lost episode of um, this podcast. Um, I'm going to just say something new. I'm just going to stay on the same theme as, as our friend Chris Reeves here. I'm going to say uh, Can't Stop, Won't Stop by Jeff Chang. It's, uh-huh. a, uh, it's one of many uh, histories of hip-hop. Um, covers a lot of the same territory as other books have, but I think where it's unique and why it's such a good book is that it really connects to the culture, the larger culture of what's happening at the time. So it's not just a sequential history of how the music developed. It talks about what's happening in Brooklyn while hip hop's developing, what's happening in the larger culture while these various steps along the progress of the music is developing. So, and Jeff, Jeff Chang is a phenomenal writer. He's a, he's a, one of the great hip hop intellectuals. Yeah. The, there's a whole lot of stuff in there about like what it was like at the block parties. And Mm -hmm. it was awesome. I love that book too. I read that yeah. one. So, uh, hi, this is Adam. I'm gonna. Um, I'm not gonna say what I said last time. I'm gonna say a new book because why not? Right. My new book is In Defense of Ska. No, I'm just kidding. It's not In Defense of Ska. Although no, you should pick it up from Clash one. Books. There'll be I a got my copy updated version soon. <laughs> soon as Carnes finishes it. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say uh, Stephen King, uh, Roadwork. Interesting. I don't know that Roadwork is one that many people would throw out there. What makes Roadwork your Stephen King book? I got to know. I like, well, I'm just going to pick it this time. I can't, there's another one that he wrote recently, but I'm I'm not finding it, the name of it right now. Um, But I like that it's like kind of a, a horror movie without, or not a horror movie, excuse me, a horror book without uh, a lot of supernatural elements. Um, I like that it's kind of based more in reality. Uh, I, li- I like the ones that he does where it's more of a thriller. Um, there's also the short story called The Long Walk um, that I really like, which is about if they stop walking, uh, there's somebody that's going to shoot them. And uh, so they just have to keep walking. I'd be dead immediately. I, I don't even like. To, <laughs> I don't even like to walk to the fridge. 
You ever tried that TikTok thing where you play the sound and see if you can walk to the fridge in the amount of time that it gives you? I haven't. I'll have to give it a shot. I just, uh, just, I just gave you some TikTok content right there. <laughs> yeah. So Matt, this is going on the, uh, you're going to have to do it on the, on the, on the upbeat TikTok. Gosh, it's hard to say on the, on the upbeat, uh, that one, the TikTok. Yeah. Okay. So often I have to make, I have to phrase sentences. So I don't say on, on the upbeat. Like I have to think about not phrasing it that way. Cause it does sound sort of redundant and like throws you off. So my, my wife has read probably not every Stephen King book, because that's a that's a feat. That's a near impossible feat. But a good, a really high percentage of them. She's it's probably his, her favorite writer. Um, I know. So I know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to speak over you. Yeah, I remember. Uh, so, so I've probably read like maybe ten of them. Not at her, you know, she usually just tells me to read. You know, I, I normally pick to read nonfiction on my own, but she likes like gives me fiction books to read. Yeah. Um, her her the, she sold Pet Cemetery on me. She's like, you got to read Pet Cemetery because that book upset me so much. I threw it across the room. <laughs> you should read this thing that pissed me off. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. It intrigued me. I was like, all right, let's read it. That's like try this milk. I think it's went bad. <laughs> I, I found the title of the, the one revival. That's the more recent one that I read that I all really right liked. On. That one's really good too. I, I know duck from joystick is currently trying to read through all of the Stephen King books. And I, I think I've said this on another episode of my podcast, but I thought I was going to get him. I thought I was clever. I was like, did you read the one that he removed from the shelves and doesn't allow to be sold anymore? And he was yeah, like, that one's called rage. Of course he's read it. Come on. Yeah. And it's been yeah. issue. <laughs> I felt brilliant saying it. And he was like, you mean rage? Yeah. I read that a long time ago. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. The, the second right. I found out there was a Stephen King book that had been pulled. Lost. I was like, time to read it. <laughs> Why did he pull it? It's about school shootings and uh, several hmm. people who committed school shootings, like had read it and liked it. And mm. so he was like, yeah, I'm just going to ask that they let this stop being published, mm. which is awesome. I mean, there's a lot of authors that would just be like, eh, it's not my fault. It's their fault. Yeah. But yeah. He, he took responsibility and wanted, yeah. didn't care about the money. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. To be fair, he has a lot of money, but also <laughs> right. Right. he was responsible. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's awesome. Um and not, I mean, I, it's like, it sucks. Like, I'm glad that he's sort of like, you know, being pot, you know, having a positive reaction, but it also sucks that it's sort of like a book gets blamed for something like that. Like, I don't know, but all right. So my, my, um, something I've been reading, actually, I do read a lot of comic books. I know I joke about like not reading, but comic books is probably the thing I actually read more than anything else. Uh, and recently, I started reading Batman Curse of the White Knight, uh, which is actually a sequel to um, Batman White Knight. And uh, it's a pretty interesting story, um, but you should check that out. It's got some good uh, artwork in it. Uh, but my overall favorites have always been things like um, uh, Fahrenheit 451, 1984, um, you know, the gloom and doom books, you know, that just, uh, <laughs> right. remind you like society is falling apart and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, pretty much. That's, <laughs> uh, which is sort of opposite of my overall personality, but th I, I get attracted to those books. Um, and, uh, yeah, so those are some of my overall favorite books. Um, if you like that kind of stuff in books, I have something that you would love. It's called the news. Oh, sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah. But um, yeah. So that, that's mine. 
RJ, what about you? What do you read? I mean, I, 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 I am like Matt. I read a lot of comics, but that's only because I can read like four pages and go to bed at the end of the night. I'm not like getting invested in a book. It's really more of a time issue. Uh, when I do have a big luck of time right now, I have been reading S by, uh, oh, what's his name? The guy that rebooted Star Wars did lost why can't jj jj abrams yes jj abrams has co-wrote this book and it's really good it's really good uh and i've read like every raymond chandler book most uh, philip k dick books like that's the kind of stuff i like to read um but there is a book and it is a comic but it absolutely changed my life uh it's called the invisibles by grant morrison uh it's art from steve yow jill Thompson, chris weston phil jimenez philip bond frank quietly a lot of others it ran for several years and it's i mean it has a lot. It's very much mid to late nineties and it doesn't always hold up all too well. Um, but this, this made me change how I was thinking and how I viewed the world and how I approached people and events and entertainment. And uh, without that, uh, there's no RJ, there's no me. Uh, I didn't try to make myself a better person, which means I don't move out to LA, which means I don't get involved in podcasts, which means there's no 23 minutes with Scott <laughs> and Matt has to do on the upbeat all alone oh. or less annoyed either one. <laughs> I'm definitely less annoyed not having to do it on my own. <laughs> but yeah, no, this was a book that came along at the right time for me. Uh, I do think Dave Edgar's They Shall Know Our Velocity would have done the same thing uh, had I read that first, but I, I read that like a year or two afterwards. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, I like to read. And those are books that I've all mentioned mean a lot to me, except for, of course, S, which I'm just currently reading. I don't know how this is going to shake out in the end. But uh, it's enjoyable for right now. That's for dang sure. Well, I'm going to throw out two books myself. I don't normally answer my own questions, but I'm going to anyway. I'm going to throw out two books for myself. One is, um, since you guys talked about a couple of books that were history of hip hop, I started reading, and it's one I'm kind of just reading in bits and pieces, but a book called Music is History by Questlove. Oh, yeah, the book is great. Yeah, I really dig it because he kind of goes year by year and picks like a song that really like for him is the vibe of that year. And then he'll talk about a couple other songs, but it's, it's really good. And his music knowledge is crazy. So, and then have you, have you sorry, read, uh, have you read his memoir? Mo, Mo Betta, um, Mo Betta blues or Mo Meta, Mo Meta blues. Yeah, Mo Meta blues. I have not read it, but I've heard it's really, really good. And I really want to read it. My favorite part is he describes as a kid, um, walking into the same elevator as the band kiss and just losing his mind like that. He just met, <laughs> He just met his God. That's awesome. Yeah. Go ahead. Second book. My, so my second book that I'm in the process of reading is I'm reading a book called I Must Betray You by Ruta Sepetis. Um, so I started reading this because it's one that my um, I'm a book club sponsor at the high school I, I teach at and we compete in the battle of the books. And this is one of our books for next year. Assuming we get to have the battle, because right now there are a lot of schools that are being told they have to pull out because our state is banning a bunch of books. Um, but boo. right. Uh, boo is right. Um, but the, uh, um, so I must betray you as a historical fiction YA novel. And I don't often really get into historical fiction, but it's really fascinating. It's set in 1989 in Romania. And it's set basically around the time of the fall of the communist government in Romania. And, uh, it centers around this young man who, at the very beginning of the book, he's at his school and he gets pulled aside and a member of the Romanian secret police basically tell him, Hey, um, 
we know that you've committed a crime and you can either become an informant for us or your whole family will suffer for committing the crime. The crime was that he sold a stamp to an American, a Romanian stamp to an American for a dollar. And he didn't actually sell it because he knew that was a crime, but he let the American have it. And the American slid a dollar into his notebook uh, because he felt bad for not paying for it. And so this guy uh, has to either um, turn informant and go against everything he believes in and uh, help the communist government or his family's going to suffer. And not only are they going to suffer and possibly, you know, serve jail time or worse for his crime, which is called illegal trafficking. That stamp was illegal trafficking. Um, but uh, his grandfather, who's dying of leukemia, they're like, we have medicine we can give you if you do what we say, but you won't get it if you don't. And so he agrees to do that for that medicine too. And uh, it's been really fascinating uh, as someone that, you know, I was, seven in 1989. Um, so, um, I have only like a, a little bit of an understanding of what communist Europe was like during that time. And so I feel like I'm learning a lot about that. That's really interesting. Interesting. That's cool. All right. Uh, you know, we kind of always ask, uh, you know, what got you into ska, but, um, Brian did suggest a question of, um, how did you know you love music? Cause I think we all just, I mean, even just listening, talking about this book thing, you know, there were several music books, um, mentioned. So when was like a time, when was the time you f- knew you fell in love with like music, probably a little bit more than like everyone else? Cause there, I, and I, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I'm sorry. I want to give like the background for why I wanted to ask this question too, is because Last night, I watched a movie uh, called uh, Blinded by the Light, um, which is uh, uh, based on a book, but it's, it's basically this Pakistani English kid, and it's back during the time of Margaret Thatcher and Reaganomics and all that. And, um, and he's wrestling with, you know, his family's wrestling with poverty, being immigrants during the time when, like, the British government is very, ra- well, there are, there's this party called the NF that's very racist and um, all that kind of stuff. And he, you know, long story short, he discovers the music of, of Bruce Springsteen and he feels like he, Bruce Springsteen understands him. He feels captured by the music and like for once feels understood. And I, I felt like I, as someone who loves music, we've probably all had a moment where we're like, oh my God, like this person or this song gets me. This is, this is me. And it just was this powerful moment where you realized that you were just in love with music or an artist. And so I was interested to hear some of y'all's thoughts on that. Your, 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 your moment. So like, I actually started to, um, when I was thinking about this and now as you were talking, like, I kind of feel like my love for music sort of like there's a progression. So like, I think I first like, I fell in love with, like, the idea of being an entertainer, you know, so I fell in love with, like, like, the first artist that I absolutely loved, uh, and now, unfortunately, it's a bit of a complex relationship with, is was Michael Jackson. Like, as a kid in the 80s, like, Thriller was, you know, everything to me, um, and uh, I think Thriller was even the first 
thing I bought on cassette in the 80s. And so um, just his overall, um, you know, behavior and, and you know, his uh, sense of fashion, his style, his, you know, dancing. Unfortunately, that is a little bit tainted. This is very much tainted now. I don't even regularly, I unless... I don't have Michael Jackson on my playlist of anything right now. Um, it's because when I watched that HBO documentary, it really just didn't sit well with me after listening to him after that. But if for being, you know, um, obviously I didn't know that in the 80s when I was like 10. But um, yeah, so and then I think somewhere around like junior high, you know, as I was getting into more very... Uh, sort of alternative music for the most part. Like, uh, I think that's when ska kick, kicks in and hearing those music, hearing those songs um, where it becomes more of uh, about, you know, who you are as a person and sort of your um, ethics and your morals. When that sort of, you know, punk rock stuff kicks in uh, or you know, sort of grabs my attention. That is sort of like a different stage of liking music. And it's more, more than just, so I would never say it was like one moment other than just a series of moments. Really? That's my I, thoughts. I'm going to answer right after you. Cause I, t- cause I, I kind of connect here. So mine was Michael Jackson too, uh, being an eighties kid as well. Um, and for me, it was, it was bad was the first album I ever bought. Weird Al Yankovic even worse was the second album I ever bought. Um, but for me, it was watching the video of, of uh, Moonwalker, the movie that he did, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. and, that, and that video of Smooth Criminal, I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. And I hope one day I'm cool like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, didn't turn out. It didn't turn out well <laughs> uh, for me. I did not turn out cool like that. But um, and then again, a moment like that in eighth grade, maybe ninth when uh, MXPX's Life in General album came out, yeah. I just connected to that album so viscerally. Like every song felt like what I dreamed of life being like and ro- romance being like and that kind of stuff. So those are, those are mine. Yeah. Um, so, so for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about this a little bit. Um, I started playing drums when I was in fourth grade. So when I was in fourth grade, I joined the school band um and i played drums in school band all through from fourth to sixth and then junior high turned into marching sixth so that's seventh and eighth for me and then in ninth grade i was a freshman in high school i did it and then i quit my um sophomore year the beginning of that so I, I was obviously very much into music that whole time but i feel like when i quit band there was like a switch that happened to me like i never touched a drum set before that, um, I really had no aspirations to play like a, a drum set. But as soon as I quit band, you know, I had friends that were playing guitar and stuff. And I was just like, oh, I, um, I have, you know, I, I might be able to play drums because I've played in band. So I, I got a drum set. And then I feel like that's where my life kind of turned to this, like, where playing music and therefore music in general, like, became the focus of my life. Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember what, like listening to music, what, what importance it had to me from, you know, kid to uh, freshman in high school. And, uh, I'm sure it was important, but I don't know that it was like, 
you know, my identity or like my main passion, the way it became. Once I started playing music, you know, it's like, I think I probably listened to it differently or listened to it more. And it was the way that I would connect with my friends. It defined my friends group as well, that we were all about music. So to me, I think that's probably the, the, the pivotal point for me was, was that. It's awesome. Yeah, I know for, oh, sorry, Adam, go ahead. Go ahead, RJ, go. Okay. Uh, for me, it actually was, uh, I can, I, I know it was in 1992. Uh, I had been trying to like get into music, but everything that anyone introduced to me always seemed like, yeah, okay, cool. Like I, I like like Beach Boys and Jan and Dean like surf rock stuff, but I didn't get deep into it. My cousins listened to Duran Duran. I was like, yeah, it's all right. Um, but I wasn't like, yeah, I'll go out and buy a cassette. Uh, and then I saw They Might Be Giants on uh, Jay Leno in 1992 playing The Statue Got Me High. And I was like, what is what is this? Oh, my gosh, what is this? Uh, and so that was probably my first that was absolutely my first favorite band. Uh, but getting into them, of course, led me to Pixies, led me to to like, like, okay, there's all this great music that's not on the radio. Where do I find more of these bands? Because anything on the radio is, it's okay, but it's not my style. It's not my stuff, uh, which led me to go into local shows, which, you know, primed me to get into ska when that started bubbling up in the Midwest. Um, that's why I got into the toasters as early as I did. Cause they were a known band that my friends were like, Oh, these guys are cool. Trust me. Trust me. Um, and then I started my first band around 1996 where guess what? I played accordion just like John Linnell and they might be giants because that was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Uh, and yeah, just built friends from the power pop community at home and kept loving sky, kept driving Linnell around the Midwest. So yeah, like like uh, uh, Aaron said, it's really being in a band and that becoming kind of your like friend group and your peers like that just fosters this love of music that you you can't kick even if you want to. <laughs> yeah, I also think like being in a band like makes you want to go to shows more. It makes yeah. you want to uh, follow bands in a more close close way. So you know I. I know like for me to go to shows was a, was a struggle because I had a religious mom who didn't want me to, but I don't remember really pushing on it until I was like already playing music. And then, then it was like a whole process of getting her to say yes, yeah. which I think the first time I went to a show was like 16 or so. Yeah, I think I was, I was 16 or 17. I was, I was still in high school. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, my parents were kind of more lax than some of my, my friends at school about where I could drive. But, you know, so stuff like at the pizza parlor, you know, the back of the pizza place, the American Legion Hall. I wasn't going into the this, this big city of Peoria. I was going to like the little cities outside of it to, to go see shows. And, and I think from being in a band and my friends being in a band, I'm more apt to spend my money on more bands than probably average people are because i'm just like i want to support my friends i want to support these people making this art that i absolutely love awesome chris did you go yet i didn't but you can go no you go all right so adam always goes last of course i should have known i've edited enough hours of him he always likes to have the last word um (laughs) so i don't remember exact moments like I remember some like overall moments that like everyone kind of my age remembers, you know, things like when Nirvana breaks and stuff like that. But um, 
music has kind of like always been around. Um, like my dad, uh, he wasn't like some like professional musician or whatever, but like he and my mom had like music around the house, more like soft rock stuff. Like I have memories of being like five, six years old, like my uncle's coming over and they've got like acoustic guitars and they're singing like Neil Diamond or I don't know, the Carpenters, like stuff like that. Um, and so I was like, wow, that's cool. Um, but then like somewhere around there, maybe like seven, maybe eight, I got like my own little like radio for like Christmas from like my grandma because she was a theater teacher. And um, so, you know, I'd look like flip around dials and stuff. And somehow I don't think I on purpose decided to, but like started seeing like music videos or hearing stuff on the, the radio. And I, for sure know that when I was like eight and nine, I got really into like some of the like pop stuff that was happening then sort of like the boy band stuff, like new kids on the block or like Paula Abdul. Like I know that when I was eight, I used my allowance. I went and bought one, uh, one or two Paula Abdul albums on cassette. Like uh, the one where she's got all the makeup with like the black, I think it's called like spellbound. The one that has, um, rush rush it doesn't matter um definitely bought that when i was like eight was into like that whole stuff and around then like i was extremely obsessed with that teenage mutant ninja turtles album had the tape of it the um coming out of their shells or something like that i don't know they did like a pay-per-view special of it where they like played instruments oh they fall into a tour with that yeah they did like a tour that was my first concert my first (laughs) that's awesome yeah my wife has fond memories of it yeah i didn't get to actually see it but i my like mom like ordered the like pay-per-view and we like recorded it. So I watched it like a lot and had the the tape as well. Um, so I was obsessed with that. So I definitely loved that record. Um, you know, and then sometime at, cause not long after that, cause I was born in 82. So it wasn't too long after that. We like, we moved to New Mexico and around that time is when like grunge starts happening, like 90, 91, 92. And so a lot of like my friends at school, like we are like riding our bikes to and from. And I remember specifically one of the kids had like um, Nevermind on tape and like hearing like smells like teen spirit, smells like teen spirit, like riding on our bikes, like through the streets, like on the way from school and being like, what is this? Um, and so, you know, I'm very into that, but I still kind of liked like new Jack swing is happening at that time too. So I was super into that. Um, some of you guys mentioned Michael Jackson for me, dangerous was the album with that. Cause that was like the new Jack swing album. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I can just keep going. Like that's pretty much like my musical history, but like I very much was into like pop stuff, but then like I started getting into like the guitar based, like rock stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know, since when I'm like, riding around with bikes and stuff with the kids pretty soon after that, I started getting into skateboarding and skating and skate videos led me to like hip hop, like underground hip hop tribe called quest and the roots. And then I started hearing punk rock on that stuff too. I started hearing ska stuff. And that's pretty much when it started happening when I was like 13 or so, like some kids moved around the same time from California and started like handing me CDs, like handing me like the first Aquabat CD and, so, you know, it just kind of goes from there. So it's kind of like all mashed up in my head, like not total specific moments. It's just kind of like, yeah, I still kind of like soft rock because it's kind of nostalgic. I still like some poppy stuff. That's 
why I was a DJ for a long time. Still obviously like ska punk stuff. Like that's obviously a thing I'm doing now. Like it's kind of just all big soup in here. So. <laughs> awesome. What's what's your favorite soup? My favorite soup, <laughs> if you count ramen as a soup, it's definitely ramen. Otherwise, if you don't count that, probably chicken tortilla. Chicken so let's say, in there. So let's say you you go to Panera and you're going to get a soup. What do you get? So I went to Panera literally yesterday and I didn't get soup because I don't really like the soups there. If I'm being honest with you, Aaron Carnes. There's not a single soup there that you're okay with? Not really. Every time I get one, I feel like they've got too much spices or not enough. Oh, and yeah. then, so I just got this like new chicken sandwich that kept pushing on me in the ads because my wife really likes their French onion soup, but to okay. me, it's not all that. So I got that new chicken sandwich and it was fine. Did you, get the, did you get the spicy one or the not spicy one? The spicy one, of course. Yeah, that's the better one. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to get this chicken sandwich. It's it's their mac and cheese, though, that you should go with is what is what all I'm saying. They got great mac and cheese. But I also have to ask, is is cereal a soup, Adam? Cereal is not soup. Yeah, I mean, breakfast. soup is not for breakfast. <laughs> How would it be soup? Yeah. Adam, you are a world traveler. You know that breakfast is a state of mind. You could eat anything any time of day. <laughs> yeah, but it's, you're not you're not ever gonna go to the to like the um, continental breakfast and have soup. Also <laughs> in Japan you do. Also, you're never gonna have a, a salad and a cup of Cheerios. <laughs> so it's true. literally what I had for dinner tonight. No, I'm just kidding. Now I want to make a salad and use Cheerios instead of croutons just to spite that sentence. Oh, you'd be so sad. <laughs> Saddest salad you've ever eaten. <laughs> oh, I've eaten some sad salads. You know how some people put like sugar on their Cheerios? You'd have to do that on this salad too. And oh, it's just, I don't want to. Even, oh, See, I, I, I want to try sugar Cheerios. on your salad. No, why would I do that? That's just extra sugar. I don't need Aaron. He's never tried sugar on his salad. Can you believe it? Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Isn't that what putting like ranch on your salad is? Isn't that pretty much just sugar? Just... Or haven't you like, haven't you had like the, the, when you're at Panera, okay, let's talk about Panera again. Do you ever get the, like, uh, with the, the Delio where they have the, the strawberries and the, you know, poppy yeah. seed. Yeah. I eat See? the strawberries and move sugar. on with my day. That's a good salad. <laughs> That's a good salad. This is the show and- brought to you by Panera. <laughs> this has been soup and salad talk. <laughs> oh, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I uh, push Panera a little bit more? Sure. Okay. Panera. <laughs> this is my Panera cup. Yes. Right here. Yep. Um, Wait, are you showing us a Panera cup on the this camera? Is a, this is a, yeah, it's on camera. Great so radio. people are listening at home. <laughs> just imagine a Panera cup. It um, looks like a coffee just, cup. You've just lost Panera. They just bailed on you. So, <laughs> A year ago, they um, un, un, they uh, revealed the uh, all you can drink for eight ninety nine. You get coffee, a hot tea, and iced tea, eight ninety nine a month. I signed up to this, and uh, probably the best decision I've ever made in my life. <laughs> I've saved so much money in coffee and hot tea. I highly encourage. I, I, I'm asking you out there to please go to Panera. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Panera.com slash Indefensive Ska. <laughs> Use the code Indefensive Ska for 20% off. Yes. <laughs> it's also called St. Louis Bread Company if you're in St. Louis. Yeah, same only place. in St. Louis. Oh, it's the same. Is it owned by the same peoples? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah that's they just changed the name when they started branching out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which I thought was weird because, like, there are other places that have like a city in their name, but are not in that city. Oh yeah. There are yeah. other. There are other. There's places. a market. We know a market. That's yeah. but like St. Louis doesn't like engender like some kind of like wistful thinking like oh to be in St. Louis like maybe some other city names and products would be I say that as a guy who went to St. Louis a lot because it was actually the closest big city to where I grew up. I got St. Louis, Louis called hey. St. Louis. I've heard it called the mighty city by the mighty Mississippi. Oh yes, yes it is. <laughs> I just have heard- you ever had St. Louis style pizza? It's horrible. Yep. <laughs> It's the worst. I've been oh, to St. Yeah. Louis a million times and didn't know that that existed. Look, I go to St. Louis like everyone else for White Castles. So White Castles and Cardinals games. That's it. Speaking yeah, of- I mean, I've, I've been to a couple cards games. I've been on that, that tour of the Budweiser plant. <laughs> I, I know what it's all about. I've been in the arch. <laughs> Oh, Adam, you haven't you haven't answered yet, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't I wasn't going to if nobody asked me. I was just going <laughs> to sit on it. I didn't care. <laughs> My parents had a pretty good stereo for some people who did not like music. And so I would abuse that stereo and we would go to the flea market and they would buy uh, cassette tapes, um, not knowing that they were bootleg cassette tapes. So we'd get these kind of horrible sounding cassette tapes of the Beatles and uh, Phil Collins and other random stuff. And I would sit and listen to them along with uh, whatever records were in the house, which was like Jan and Dean and uh, whatever sort of weird stuff. But I would just, my dad was always mad because I would be, you know, kind of hammering on the buttons on the tape deck, trying to get it to do weird things. And he'd be like, you need to be gentle with it. And uh, my, my thing, the first thing that really got me excited about music was a flexi disc that came in a Bloom County graphic novel, uh, Billy and the Boingers. Um, so it was a two-sided flexi disc uh, had a song called uh, "You Stink, But I Love You," and because uh, and another song called "I'm a Boinger." And the best thing about this seven-inch was that you could—I mean, you literally—you can't destroy one of these seven inches. Like I still have several of them, and they're like indestructible. But the best thing about them was that you could play it at like play it super fast. You could turn the speed up on the up on the turntable, or you could turn it down. Right. And so I could get like speed metal basically if i wanted to or i could get like ignorant 90s hardcore and i didn't know like what was like doing it for me about this but like that was the first time with like heavy guitar music even though it was totally ridiculous and satirical uh that it really really moved me in a way where i was like yeah i'm i'm into this awesome awesome hey adam did you have and this this goes out to all of you the uh, Chipmunk Punk Rock compilation. Yeah, I, I didn't, but I, I did have a Bordigans um, demo tape, <laughs> which was very similar. Yeah. So, we, we were mostly inspired by the Chipmunk uh, Monk. So uh, I actually have that record right here on this shelf that I'm pointing to, dear listener. Oh, yeah. I actually. You should pull out the record and show it to us. Yeah, could yeah. you please show the listeners? Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, hey, listener, what... I'm holding it right now, actually. <laughs> yep, He's not. Great. He's not. <laughs> He's. He's full of shit. I am not going to take the time to walk to that shelf. <laughs> well, just take a picture of it later and we'll put it on social media. Yeah, that's fine. I'll do so that for you. I uh, actually did have, I used to have that on vinyl. Uh, I think it was something my dad may have bought us when we were kids or something. But I, I like, I don't know what happened to it. It, it 
it disappeared. I don't remember intentionally giving it away or anything, but it no longer exists in my hands. But I have. Oh, I I absolutely had a bootleg that my parents bought that is like featuring the Chipmunk song and all this this off artwork on this LP. Your parents bought a bootleg? Did they just? Were they duped or? I I think we were just poor. (laughs) 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 I I think it like cleared enough licenses to like you know be sold at Kmart and uh, yeah. Yeah, it's the it's the chipmunks or something like that. It just it doesn't have a band name, but it does have like a chipmunk, a poorly drawn chipmunk, and a cowboy hat with a uh, kerchief. And so it's it like featuring the like chipmunk Calvin. song. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if your bootleg is worth more than the original at this point. I, I'm it gonna find this thing on Discogs yeah. and then tell my parents to ship it to me. You're <laughs> <laughs> gonna tell your parents to do something else with it. <laughs> well, it depends if it's worth money. Then thank you, mom and dad. Exactly, exactly. Hey, yeah. have okay. So Adam, when you were talking and you kind of talked about your parents' stereo really quick, it kind of reminded me of my first actual like stereo as a kid. I and I want to see if your your all experience was the same. Do you feel that stereos from like the seventies were like the best stereos, like? You know, because I started out with the stereo that was like my dad's and 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 uh, my mom's when they first got married, and the you know the speakers were like three feet high and they were big and they were loud and it had like you know the tuner and it was all separated. Did did anyone have? Do you kind of feel like now if you go to buy like a I don't know something to play music on in your house? Like it's just not the same as as those old stereos because I kind of miss my old stereo. Nope, my setup is awesome, just not as big as my pops's was. <laughs> he even likes my tiny little setup. He's like, "This is amazing! You get this kind of sound out of your records." I'm like, "Yep," but I don't have a cassette player or a CD player on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my yeah. dad um, got like the the nicest, most expensive like stereo system, but he like barely likes music. So uh, like he had like I don't know like he got like ten CDs or something you know, and so it, it was overtaken by me and my friends who cared a lot more about music than he did. Yeah. All right. I so- remember I replaced the needle on my dad's turntable, and first of all, he's like, "Where did you even find a needle?" Because this was like 1996 or so, and I was like, "Yeah, I just looked up and found what it was. Uh, called a few places. He says, God, that's amazing." And then he pulls out all his old uh, Carly Simon LPs and listens to them. And then meanwhile, I'm pulling out like, you know, seven inches I bought from like local bands. And I think my dad's, my dad's CD collection included um, some Pink Floyd, Alan Parsons project and uh, Michael McDonald, I think. And also a Crosby, Stills, Nash and Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. So not, not bad music It's just, you know, yeah. That's about it. Actually, now, now he, that music is too heavy for him now, though. <laughs> now he's exclusively um, on the smooth jazz. That's the only thing he can listen to. It makes him feel good and relaxes him. All our music, like, you know. Yeah. Just my my dad has really changed tracks from, like, Carly Simon and Led Zeppelin. Well, not maybe too much if you count Carly Simon, because he really likes Adele. And he got into Alanis Morissette, like, three years ago. Like, oh, Jagged sick. Little Pill era. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was just like, all right, pops, cool. He's like, she's, he's like, she sings the truth, man. Yeah, he's, he's in his seventies, and he it just is it. ironic. 
Yeah. Dad secretly <laughs> just hates Dave Coulier and found out that she does too. <laughs> uh, all right. So we should talk. I mean, we should talk a little bit about ska uh, and our podcast overall. Um, so as quickly as we can, uh, how did we, how did each of us, I kind of want us to talk about how each of us, you know, what the tone of our individual podcasts are and sort of how did we uh, arrive at that? I'll go first. Um, you know, we, I I mean, RJ, I think we talked about this before and I think you kind of disagree. I described our podcast as sort of like the wacky morning show. Not not really so much wacky, but maybe more lighthearted morning yeah, show. Yeah, I disagree because I wouldn't do that show. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not. How like- do you describe it then? What's your description of on the upbeat? Go. Probably more of an afternoon drive show, not the wacky morning. Yeah. Okay. Not NPR ish, but like afternoon drive. Yeah. Right. So it's, I mean, I don't mean wacky as in like we've got like sound effects that go like, ooh, God, like that or like honk honk. Slide you know? whistle. Yes, exactly. I mean, y'all used to have the soundboard. Yes. Aaron did, Aaron did have a soundboard that he would try to interrupt me with and make me laugh with. And that was, and that was fun. So there was a little bit of that, but like, I just think more of a, like good morning America type show rather than the evening, as opposed to the evening news, like that's sort of what I, and a lot of it, it is supposed to be lighthearted and obviously interview styles that are longer than, you know, cause like, so it, I kind of modeled it after just a longer version of something like the tonight show where we can be lighthearted, but we don't have to do an interview that's only five or seven minutes long. So that's sort of, and we, and that's kind of just the way I kind of chose it. And, and I think it's just the way it, and giving it segments also gave it like to break it up, you know, to break up. Cause I kind of, even though the average podcast is about an hour for the most part, um, and people are used to listening to things that long, but I also know sometimes you stop. So I just always felt like having segments was a good way to break up that, you know, we listen to the first half hour, like, oh, now it's kind of moving. I can stop and I won't feel like I'm interrupting anything. So that's us. That's kind of how we function. Yeah. Fun times. Um, let me, I'll just do 23 minutes of sky oh, real yeah. quick. Yes. That's the tone is, is poppy and catchy stuff. It doesn't matter if it's ska punk rock steady, traditional ska. If it's catchy, this is due to my ADHD. Uh, I like it. I put it on the show and that's what I've been doing for 12 and a half years now. It's just, it's what I like and it's what I want to promote and uh, help get these bands names out there. And uh, yeah, the, the tone, I think it's just poppy, poppy, ska of any, any sub genre and uh, 23 minutes because 15 wasn't going to be enough. And I thought a half hour would be too much. <laughs> have, have you done the math yet? So you're approaching 500 episodes. So that would mm-hmm. be 500 times 23. Uh, hours of content uh yeah then plus i've done all these like holiday shows that i don't say count towards the normal number um but i I could i could do the math and i could oh there we go how does that break down and so if you're if you're listening to this podcast just look on the screen and you'll see a calculator <laughs> and it has the total number. It, it we will not be. reveal that to you though it's, it's 11,500 yeah. now yeah. how many hours does that break down to that's still 60. a lot Divide. what's that Divide that number by sixty. Oh, yeah. Use the calculator. Yeah, because uh, like you can watch. You can watch along with us, viewers. One hundred and ninety-one hours. Yeah. Of uh, 
That's more than um, 190. Yeah, that's that's a lot of stuff. And that's also because, you know, I clip stuff down. So, like, if you listen to the songs on Spotify, even without ads, it'd be a lot longer. You're never going to find all these songs on Spotify either. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I enjoy doing the show and I, I'm glad it's found the small niche audience. It's one of those shows. If you love it, you love it. Like the people who love it really like it. Um, and uh, everybody else is like, yeah, that's cool. Have fun with your little show. <laughs> I have a real question for you, RJ. Yeah, let's that, Chris. I truly all this time have thought you picked 23 because of Michael Jordan. Oh, not at all. I'm not a sports guy in the least. There's oh, other no, reasons for so the 23, for but, but uh, those are a lot of like weird personal nonsense, but I, yeah, I usually say more than 15, less than a half hour. Yeah. Not, I know I'm from Illinois, but yeah, not a sports guy. I mean, that's cool. <laughs> right. I, I always thought that it was because of the Jim Carrey movie. No, oh my god, when that movie came out, it pissed me off so much. I forgot about that movie until just now. Jim Carrey's best movie, it's his magnum opus. (laughs) Does he come out of a rhino's butt in that movie? (laughs) If not, I don't want to see it. Um, uh, Uh, Chris, what's the tone of the show you do? How would you describe Scott Pumpkin and Mitchell? To be honest with you, (laughs) you sent me this outline earlier and i was like well i can't remember can i swear on this show <laughs> oh yes absolutely i was like well fuck, fuck no. i don't know how i'm gonna answer that question <laughs> because if i'm being honest the tone is whenever i have time to do the show because i'm doing so many other freaking things yeah. at the beginning i had a clear direction of what i was trying to do and then it started growing people started paying attention i started trying to promote it on like other places specifically TikTok that like started really taking off. And then like bands were like, Hey, we want to come on. And so then like the tone shifted there. And now like the breakdown episodes are like the most popular thing by far, but they take so freaking long to edit. They take forever and they're a nightmare. So I don't, I don't even know. Like the overall like mission statement is just to like, get the word out about bands, same mission statement about the label. Um, when I pitch bands, I say the same thing. Like, Hey, look, I'm just here to like help more people hear you. But um, so with the podcast, like these different episode types is all over the place. Um, but that's really a symptom of the fact that like my podcast has become the lowest thing on the totem pole compared to like working on Aaron and Adam's podcast, doing the things with the label, the other stuff I have to do to just like make money and survive, like those things all become more important than the podcast. And so the tone has become like super all over the place. Like I could give you some whole like answer thing, but I'm not going to like bullshit and pretend like it's just, that's what happened. Like I've put out like five episodes since January. I have one that comes out, should have come out two days ago, but it'll come out sometime this week when I get it done. Um, You know, that's just like, is what it is. Like that's the status of like being mostly on my own doing all this stuff. And it's, I'm not complaining. It just means the podcast itself is a little all over the place. And so I know what my overall mission statement is to get word about bands that might not be heard. Like I was just messaging with this band from China earlier today and the language barrier was a freaking nightmare, but I think I'm going to be able to interview them in a month or so. I don't know. Like I try to do this stuff, but like, again, I only have so much time. So 
don't know. So what I'm I don't have a great answer for that question. So see, that's I, that's same reason I axed my interview show, and it was just too much time uh, and commitment with twenty three and everything else, and so that's why I was overjoyed when Matt's like, "Yeah, no, just come on, just come on to my show and help me interview people and help me book people, and uh, I'll do the rest." Which I, I think that was a big undertaking on Matt's part because it's a lot of work. Um, it's it's a lot, yeah. So I, I can relate. Chris yeah I mean like it was supposed to be this sort of like radio style show at the beginning and I still love doing those episodes but um some of those take forever on their own like it's not like I just start recording like I got to pick the songs I got to research the stuff make sure I haven't played it before I really try not to double up I think you do the same thing RJ and um you do a lot of this prep work and then I realize like oh whoops it's already like 10 o'clock at night like well I'm not recording now so then I start another day and it happens over and over again. And so I don't know, like I really like the radio show style, but they do terribly. Like if I'm trying to get the word out about bands, like doing one of the other style episodes, more people are going to hear it. And so yeah. it's sort of a, like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. yeah that's, but, that's another reason I backed off on my interview shows. Those did, terribly in comparison to just you know my little mixtape 23 minutes episodes like in the 23 minutes episode this is me with headphones on i'm not making noise i'm not relying on anybody it's lonely but i kind of enjoy it because it's kind of very like calming and zen just to sit and listen to ska and puzzle together 23 minutes and like oh have i used that song before no i haven't cool have you used this artist in a while no i haven't good because i want to you know spread the wealth of like trying to get the word out which kind of might hurt the show i'd probably do better if i played less than jake and goldfinger and real big fish more but i'm just like i just played them last year you know <laughs> like yeah. i want to play somebody else um so yeah man chris i didn't know i could relate so hard man i get you bro what what i'm hearing is that in defense of ska hired you to take out the competition so you <laughs> <laughs> yeah of just, course but i mean who am i to complain right <laughs> oh yeah so i'm gonna pitch an idea for you chris let's for hear scott it. punk international you should do a full um in defense of scott episode breakdowns <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> do it every week also it'll be like the uh we'll call it talking scott or something because it'll be like yeah, the talking yeah. dead of scott three hour episodes breaking down <laughs> Break, your, like breakdowns yeah yeah Oh my god! So when Honestly, the that's not the worst this. idea. <laughs> Considering like I really don't have like rules, and I've done all over the place format wise, I might do that. Yeah, right. let's let's do don't it. Don't test me. All right. Pause and then be like, "This is the part where Mike Park started eating." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'll let I'll let go of all the secrets on that one. Now I actually yeah. love this idea. <laughs> this is the part where I edited out a. a talking during uh, Max Collins uh, putting the ice in the glass and I was fervently against this edit, right? This that's is the inside, part that's an inside man. argument between Chris and I that he almost walked out he's so angry. <laughs> yeah. This is the part where Aaron and Adam said hi to me and this is the part where Aaron and Adam said <laughs> secrets that I can't tell. <laughs> All right. Let's funny. talk. We'll, we'll, I'll, take, I'll take the mic now um, in defense of Ska. Uh, in Defense of Ska started because I wrote a book called In Defense of Ska and we were in a pandemic and I was trying to come up with creative ways to promote my book that did not involve me going to physical spaces. So 
podcast seemed like the obvious answer. Um, I uh, tapped Adam. Adam's one of my oldest and best friends. Uh, I also know that he has done podcasting stuff and he listens to a lot of podcasts. So I thought he would be uh, great to help me because I, I wasn't. I've never done a podcast and I, I'm not like a heavy podcast consumer either. I didn't want to do it. Yeah, he didn't want to do it. I was like, do we really need another podcast? And then I'm glad Aaron talked me into it because it ended up being super fun. Yeah. It's, it's been a blast. Like the people we've gotten to talk to, like getting to talk to Tim Capello, amazing. Like that guy is like basically like Spider-Man to me. Like he, li- he like loomed so large in my imagination as a child that to be able to sit and talk to him for like, I mean, it ended up being like over three hours of us just yeah. talking with this guy. It was incredible. Yeah. That would be a great uh, breakdown for Chris. Cause he could talk about how angry he was having to go, you know, once he got past the two hour line and still editing it. Yeah. That episode <laughs> was brutal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was not, it, it was just because of like the way Tim talks, like he yeah. has these like inflections where there'd be long pauses and like the plugins that I use that kind of like tighten things up just don't work with the way he talked. So I had to do it all by hand and it took forever. However, I will give an exclusive right here. Who, who did you have to tighten up the most? Oh, Tim, it's not you guys. It's Tim. No, 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 no. In all the episodes, of all the episodes, episodes. who did you have to tighten up the most? Cause I know who it is. Oh, do you remember Chris? I don't remember because I feel like it was Tim, right? He was in slapstick. No, no, no. So, oh yeah, I did. True. I did slapstick. This is. I did all the that editing. One. That was. Oh, that was the one that made you. Move that's the one that Chris. made me go like, I cannot do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brand, wow. Brendan was like Brendan Kelly. Yeah, Brendan. Uh, it was Brendan Kelly and Rob Kellenberger. Um, Brendan Kelly was talking so slow. Like either he was drunk or he was just talking drunk, <laughs> and it was just like the most ridiculous like sentences like it was interesting stuff he had to say but i was just like come on and i had to take like every word had like spaces in between them it was yeah, like yeah. an absurd ex- yeah so you can think you can you can thank, you can thank Brendan kelly for us employing you chris <laughs> it was so yeah sure it, was, it was so frustrating that i was like i you know i'll pay money <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I will go in real dollars i'll pay real dollars to not have to edit anymore yeah um, um in terms of our in terms of our vibe, I'll say um, I think you know I, I don't I don't know I, I wasn't a heavy podcast consumer I was more of a radio listener I like NPR so I think that's probably the vibe I brought to it but Adam was more of like he's more of a podcast listener and he's more of a you know he had the idea of it being like oh it's like kind of the vibe of like a post like when you're when it's when you've played a show and you're hanging out after yeah. and you're you're chit chatting. Like that kind of vibe. So, you know, I think, he, you know, I don't think we had like a serious conversation about it, but, you know, I think that was my mindset and that was his mindset. And as we did maybe like a dozen episodes, I think we sort of felt out what the other one was bringing and where we were going with it and what was strong. And so we sort of, I think, you know, if you listen to, you know, about a dozen in, I think you can kind of hear, hear our, our rhythm and our vibe kind of coming together more so by then. So we had a, we had a band for like 10 years before this called Narboots. And so we, we always kind of just say that um, 
in defense of ska is just narboots 2.0 <laughs> yeah because that band that band's dead <laughs> I mean, with COVID, I don't know that we'll when we'll be able to do what we were doing again. Yeah, because it's very like in your face, touching people. Um, you know, like it's one thing to be like, okay, uh, let's go, everybody wear a mask, let's go uh, to a show, let's all dance. It's another thing to be like, get under the parachute and let us yeah. throw glitter all over you and yeah. breathe in your face. And how are you know are you going to be are you going to be upsetting somebody if you touch them? Right. Uh, you know, breathing on their face. We I mean, used to make, just, we used to get like, people would want us to not touch them and we would be like, oh, I'm not touching you and like have our <laughs> hands like two inches away from them and just be really oh insane like that. But now the idea of doing that is like, seems so disrespectful. But at the time right. we were like, ah, whatever, deal right. with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brian, why don't you tell us a little bit about your overall sort of how you kind of function as a podcast? Sure. I could say starting out my podcast, I had absolutely no idea what I was getting into for sure. I just wanted a a chance to talk about stuff that I loved, you know, music and books. And that's what I wanted to do. And so uh, I was very lucky to get um, Leonore from Five Iron as my first guest. Um, She was the first like kind of felt like big name ska person that I had a relationship with. And so she was very generous. And I think she helped me to kind of find my tone a little bit because the first episode, the episode with her uh, was pretty awful in a lot of ways. Like, first of all, the sound quality was awful. I recorded it in a classroom after summer school. Um, And so there was like all kinds of like echo. I didn't have headphones or anything like that. It was terrible. Um, But also like I would, I didn't laugh ever um, because I grew up like the number one way to get in trouble in my household besides lying was interrupting. And so I was like, I have to be very, very quiet until I'm 100% sure she's done. And so if I laughed, I was quiet laughing. And she's like, yeah, that doesn't work on a podcast. You know, you, you, you need to laugh. It makes your guest feel good. And I yeah, was like, I, I'm too Midwest to keep quiet. I got to be going like, uh-huh, or laughing. Like, yeah. you know, just, you know. Yeah. So I've, I've, I've gotten a little bit better at that. But for me, I think the tone is very just like, um, I have a couple of questions that I want to ask, but mostly I just kind of want to hang out and get to know people. And, uh, and that's it. Like, just, just relax. I know like in the, in the lost episode, um, Aaron and Adam talked about how their podcast was kind of like the conversations you have after concerts. And I really loved that answer because I feel like that's a little bit of what's happening. You know, I, I, I met Chris at face-to-face at a concert and, uh, doing the podcast with him was very felt like that vibe to me just getting to know a really cool guy and i've been lucky to get to know a lot of really cool people doing the podcast and so just kind of relaxing and i don't i used to have like a list of questions i send to people i haven't been doing that as much mostly partially because i'm busy um which is also i've I've had a couple episodes recently where i had one where the band had some issues and i couldn't do the podcast because they were it was stop the presses and their, their van broke down and they were trying to finish their tour and it was just kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, and then I had, I, I had stuff going on. Um, but I just kind of, when I, when I can't do it, I just kind of want to hang out, just get to know people. And I, I, I don't write, I don't write questions as much anymore. I just kind of let the conversation go. Leads to some weird things, but <laughs> you know, it's fun. All right. So I feel like we probably only have one more uh, time for one more question. Actually, Matt, I got to go. Oh, really? 
yeah, seven o'clock. I'm out. I'll still play your Scott pick. Cool. It's been lovely catching up with uh, Aaron and Adam again, Bye, and uh, Brian and Chris. I am so glad we got to have you on the show this week. I feel we've we've twittered at each other a few times, but you're <laughs> you're the man. All right, later, everybody. Have a good night. Thanks, RJ. See you, dude. I don't know. I I'm feeling like maybe we should talk about uh, maybe not something directly podcast related, but uh, how about this? We'll we'll end with this question, and then we'll do Scott picks. What's something you feel uh, needs more attention in the ska scene, in the current ska scene right now? Should I go? Yeah, go, Chris. Go, go. Well, I mean, the main thing I started was all the stuff was because I felt like all the bands that were getting like the most publicity, except for occasional segments on some shows like yours, were bands from the U.S. That's not the case anymore. Like, there's so many shows like there's like eight other ones that aren't even here that talk about bands that aren't from the U S anymore. So I don't even feel like that's like a thing we're missing. Um, there are of course, like the scopic that I have coming up and stuff, there's always going to be more, but like, that's fine. So I think the main thing that I think we need more of is more like, like the scene is in a lot of ways, like in pockets, and I wish that that was not the case. I don't know if there's much that might always be the case, but it's like traditional ska people like really don't talk to the more like modern ska people. There's like a big wall there. And then you can like get like, even within like the ska punk people, there's like separations in that. And I wish that wasn't totally the case. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what you do about that, but it's definitely like a bummer sometimes when you like, reach out to someone and they kind of like already have like a bias because of like so-and-so that they're already friends with on this part of the scene. And that kind of sucks. So I wish that wasn't the case. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm, I'm, I'm going to answer this by first saying one of my favorite things about it. So one of my favorite things about the ska scene is the way that I've seen people really come and support one another, like just the love that bands have for one another and the way they, it feels like a lot of people have each other's back, you know, like um, when we are the unions stuff got stolen. I love seeing them that get covered so fast by the people on the scene. Um, and so kind of with that, I, I'd say the thing I'd like to see more is, is, um, and I'm going to reference, I'm going to reference in defensive Scott, which is a, a really good book that you should pick up from uh, clash books. Right. Um, I, I highly recommend it. It's author is fantastic. But one of the things I loved about that book was your chapter about um, Real Big Fish, mm -hmm. because um, being someone that kind of I had 30, you know, 20, 30 years of ska history, more than that to, to catch up on when I kind of got into the ska scene. Um, I didn't know that it was a thing that people had a problem with Real Big Fish, you know, and uh, and so I was like, why? Like, let's, let, why can't we just love it all? You know, why can't we just support it all? And so I would say I'd love to see more of that. And that kind of goes with what you were saying too, Chris, I think. But just like, like, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of like, don't yuck other people's yums, you know, like just say good stuff about the stuff you love and we don't need to trash other stuff. And so just more of that um, is, is my thing. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I have to be careful because like there are people that pay attention to stuff I say. And so 
typically, like if you read between the lines, I'm not talking about specific bands. It's because I don't really like them that much, but I'm not going to say it like, that's fine. Other people do like that band. Like, I don't, I don't care. It's just not really for me, not just with yeah. Scott, like any type of music. And, um, and, and I don't mean like saying you're not into a band because that's fine. You know, there's so much ska out there. Like somebody who's into Omnigon might not, might not necessarily want to listen to um, Eichler's or, or they might, they might love it. You know, they might like all those, but those are very different bands. Right. So it's one thing to be like, this is kind of not my thing, but it's another thing to be like, um, we should all hate that band because you know, whatever reason. And I, I I've seen a little bit of that and I, I, that's something I'm really not a fan of. I'm, you know, let people love what they love. Yeah. yeah. As what I just um, take a moment to promote our, um, our Patreon episode next month is going to be, uh, Chris is going to reveal all the bands he hates. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. All the bands Chris hates. Some people listening to this are about to post on the internet. Cause they know some <laughs> of them, like from my, my uh, Patreon discord, we talk about some of them cause yeah, that's not yeah. on main, but uh he might even reveal this this individual members he he hates as well. <laughs> but he's gonna yeah, do, fine, it I'll do it. He's gonna do it while slow speaking, and unfortunately, uh, Aaron, you're gonna have to edit that episode. So, <laughs> so um, the comeuppance. We don't we don't edit the Patreon episode, so yeah, it'll just be four unedited. hours long. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I literally like lop it off at the end and just go. Here you go. Yeah. Same. Perfect. That's exactly so, how I edit extra episodes. <laughs> the 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 uh, the motivation behind writing in defense of ska and the uh, continued uh, the podcast, which is basically an extension of and then its own thing, was because it, well, like it's like I, I say I'm defending ska. Um, I think really it's more like I'm giving ska the uh, chance to be talked about in a serious way and, and analyzed and respected and you know kind of hear stories and not brushed over with, cause I feel like the genre has been very much brushed over and, you know, minimized and stuff and kind of like reduced. So when it comes to the pod, so, so I guess what I'm saying is like, that's what I did. And that's what Adam and I are doing. And, and some of, some of you that do podcasts, I think you do that as well. I still feel like we are way behind other genres when it comes to, taking the genre seriously in that sense. And like, I don't mean like being precious about it. I just mean like, and I don't mean like not having fun, but I mean like, Hey, so, you know, we talked about hip hop earlier. Hip hop has been, you know, there's some great books on hip hop. There's a lot of great writing on hip hop. Hip hop has like historical, like, um, you know, journalists who have like become known as, you know, like for the genre and for what they've done for the genre like there's like decades of history of like how this genre has been treated from the journalistic point of view. Ska, not much at all. And, you know, I think mm-hmm. like my book and, and Mark Wasserman's book and Kenneth and Kenneth Partridge's book and, and the, the books that Heather Augustine have written, that's not a lot compared to what other genres have on them, you know, and, and sure. a lot of it's fairly recent and with the podcast as well, the kind of interviews, the people that we're talking to, the people that you guys are talking to, like I, I do, I feel like so much more of this is needed and there's so much more that is needed to be documented. I mean, when we're, when we're deciding guests and we're deciding who to cover, it's just like, it feels like the options are unlimited in a way because it's like, wow, you know, there's, 
we can we can dive into this bit of history or this scene or this band and but there's like 20 other ones just on my immediate mind as well and there's only one a week so and it's not like these are super like uh well overplayed stories or or people so yeah yeah and real quick to piggyback on what you're saying um the need for like coverage is still like a thing like the lack of coverage even like yeah, yeah of course like there's an upswell right now but i literally just finished or am in a press cycle of the hans Gruber and the diehards release and that is not that much of a sky record and it's not a coincidence that that's the one i've got the most coverage on like i know what's happening here <laughs> like i get why they were in the alternative today and i've never been able to pull that off before it's because there's only like four actual ska songs on that record like the rest of it is not and it's like got all these other genres on it too so it's like more like palatable for more writers to write about like mm-hmm. that's still the state of how things go when i send pitches out they mostly just get ignored mm-hmm. and so like yeah there's a shitload more work to do so that's why things like this things like all the shows here and all the other shows that are not represented here um, are doing important work because it's at least giving a platform for all the other labels that aren't like me and bad time. Everyone else needs somewhere for the bands to go. And all the, like we talked about flipping the combined effort earlier, they're not on a label, but they were able to get a sponsored thing with Aaron. They're able to get talked about here and like, you got to have somewhere. Otherwise yeah. nobody's going to freaking know about it. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why we like to bring in people outside of the ska scene. I mean, it's fun to like hear about, you know, some person that you know from some other world, what their perspective or experience is with ska. But I think it also helps to show that ska is not, see, ska gets treated as this very, 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 very niche bubble. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that ska is, like ska is very palatable music. It's very it's generally pop oriented. It's danceable. Like the, 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 that, that it gets put in this corner is just strange. Like, and then you find out, like we bring all these people on the show. They're like, yeah, I like ska or yeah, I grew up listening to, you know, X, Y, Z bands. And people are always like, Oh my God, I can't believe that, you know, Brian Fallon just uh, talked about, you know, just started naming slacker songs. It's like, it's because it's, it's good music. That's easy to like. And I think that, to sort of break this image of ska being like in this little tiny niche of people, these very particular fans, you know, yes. Like the people that are really into ska that, that are a particular subgenre of people like us, we are really, really into it. Like, yeah. And that there are, a, there are, you know, people that are really into ska are a, a very particular breed. You know, we, um, we love and support the music in a unique way, I think, but um, you know, people who, like ska amongst the other genres that they like that that's not that's a lot of people yeah i i, I want to let me, let me say ahead. one thing i'm sorry and then i i won't uh, i'll let you i'll let you have it i'm sorry the, i'm wrestling for the microphone it's okay um but i do want to say in in uh aaron when you said when you started talking this it really triggered this for me uh the the lost episode uh one of the books that i talked about was a book called blue like jazz and in the beginning of that book which it's one of my favorite books by donald miller there's this part in the beginning where he says, uh, I, I used to not like jazz because I thought it didn't resolve. But one day um, I was on the street corner and I saw a, a guy who was playing 
uh, saxophone and he was playing jazz with his eyes closed. And he, it, I'm not going to phrase it exactly how Donald Miller said it. I'm paraphrasing for sure, but he was, he was playing the song and it, it was, he was in love with it. And sometimes you need to see someone love something um, to help you to understand why it's beautiful or why it's good. Yeah. And I think that that's what I love about your book. Uh, and, and it's also what I love about in talking to Chris. It's also what I love about on the upbeat. Um, it's what I love about your podcast uh, uh, in defensive ska is that what, what I think all of us are trying to do is, is share our love for something and hope that somebody who maybe had written it off, like you're talking about can fall in love with it because we're in love with it. And so hopefully that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. The the one thing like I was going to say, and maybe this is more like not so much something that the, the scene needs to focus more attention on, but maybe more of a, just a thing I've been thinking about recently in our, in our own podcast is just sort of like, I kind of want to challenge us to um, kind of, kind of expand our, you know, what we're listening to, what we're promoting because, like, we've mentioned, like, how big the L.A. ska scene is and uh, before on the podcast and all this stuff. But we haven't, over the just over two years now that we've been a podcast, you know, um, we haven't um, really had a whole lot of bands on from that scene. And it's just something I think, especially living in Southern California, uh, for both RJ and I, it's something we should probably... Um, talk about more and bring on more and uh and that's you know and it's like aaron you were saying like you can list all these bands you want to have on but then something gets your attention more it's something that maybe you're you're liking more you're connected to more and it just gets in front of you so sometimes it is you know it's kind of why i like having rj because we're two separate people and even you know uh, even having Gary, like we're, you know, we're different people. And so what grabs our attention is always going to be different, but it's definitely something I want to make sure that like, I'm not just, uh, you know, bringing on the same bands all the time or, or talking, uh, to the same people and just trying to go outside of the, our own comfort zone and box for that matter. And that's something, cause it's something, you know, the LA ska scene is something, I have access to because it's close, you know, logistically speaking. And, uh, it is something, a few of the bands that, you know, they come through the Orange County ska scene. So it is something, you know, at least personally, I'd like to see, uh, our podcast doing more of, um, cause I, I think it deserves, you know, when you look, when you see a scene that's so unbelievably strong and you're kind of like, wow, we don't talk about that much. We should probably talk about that because, <laughs> you know, you see it existing uh, and it's not getting, you're not giving it the attention you should. And that's sort of, you know, I, you know, I didn't come into, and I kind of think we all uh, probably came in with this, you know, into podcasting. It's not like we sit around going, I have such great wisdom and knowledge and uh, my opinions on music are, are you know, uh, the scenes gift you know, uh, of wisdom that, uh, I think we all have our likes and dislikes and things that draw our attention. But when we realize that we're also, um, people who, uh, probably, you know, we get into our habits and don't focus on things we should. Uh, but you know, 
Um, I think Tara kind of, you know, we were having a discussion about what we were having a discussion about gatekeeping and Tara was kind of waking me up to the fact that, you know, even if you're not doing something intentionally, you know, what you're not playing can be seen as, you know, or taken as like you not liking it. And I'm like, even though that's not your intent or whatever, it still comes across. It can be seen that way if you're not. So just trying to push our own boundaries and mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that, you know, just on a personal level. I would say like, and I don't mean this in any, any sort of arrogant way at all, but I would say that, you know, I come to the table with the awareness that I've been a music journalist since 2009 mm-hmm. and that I want to bring that to ska specifically because it's a skill that I take from outside of ska music. It's just the larger music journalism world and ska's, you know, needing more of that kind of voice. And I feel that because I've been doing it for so long and then I ended up, you know, then I wrote a book as well, which, which was part of the reason why. So that's part of like, there is some, there is some motivation in me that, well, I, I have, this history. And because I have this history, I do want to bring that sure. to Scott. And I do sure. want to have that voice in, in the Scott dis- discourse. Sure. Sure. I'll say that I bring to the table, not knowing anything. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, uh, Chris, you were, no you were in the board again. Yeah. That's the main thing I know. And it's that's the, what it's everyone the band is called the board again. Yeah. Like we're bored again. It was a very good name when I was 17. I don't know what to tell you. What, why are you not getting <laughs> I mean, it's it? It's a cool, it's a cool name. It's like you're, you're, uh, you're bored again. Christians. Yeah, it, it was really cool. Except we kept getting invited to Christian venues and then I would say <laughs> fuck on stage and they would never invite us back because they were mad and we would not get paid. You're like, we're the board again. <laughs> yeah. Well, when they would call and they would say, we're calling for the born again to go, here we go again. Um, okay, what's the gig? And then once they would like describe it, usually it'd be like, oh, that would be cool. All right, fine. And then we would get there and they would realize how much they fucked up. And uh, yeah, you're, 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 you're going like, oh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, we're not. A, and then they go, we're going to pay you this amount of money. And you're like, yeah, like yes, we got- yes, we're happy to play that show. Yeah. And like 99 money getting offered like 100 bucks for a show for yeah. a band that sucked. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we're doing that band. We're doing this. <laughs> but then we never got the money because we were jerks and swore and mm-hmm. we couldn't even like be cool for 40 minutes. Oh, wow. Well, so they like, they're Whoa, like, they wouldn't, they wouldn't pay you even after you performed. No. Cause we got thrown out for swearing and being jerks. Come on, Adam. You they played like with a swear, us. There's a swear jar. <laughs> but still, you guys you had a, they had a guarantee with you. You should have taken, taken I that know, out. But of I was too young to like, know that you could actually like hold people to that. Did anybody ever come see your band thinking they were going to see Ben Against? <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> not I would have been close. Fun. All right. So uh, thank you for hanging out with us, uh, gentlemen. And uh, But before we go, as always, we do Ska Picks of the Week. And uh, Chris, why don't you tell us about your Ska Pick? Oh, shit. I don't remember. What did I pick? Uh, oh, wait, I got it. I got it. I got it. Right. I remember now. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So my pick is from Korea, aptly named number one Korean. They are a nightmare for search engine optimization. It's impossible to find stuff about them unless you save one of their songs, you know, on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. But they are on Bandcamp too. But they're called number one Korean. Um, basically, all of their albums and EPs are 
really good. There's only like a few songs, if I'm honest, I don't love, but most of them are awesome. And this song that I picked is called Run. Came out earlier this year in March, I believe. I figured I'd go with one of the modern ones. I think I've played them on my show, but um, they're definitely underrated. Even like Korea in general for Ska is kind of underrated. So I wanted to go with them. So number one Korean. All right, here we go. Wow. sick they're awesome definitely check them out awesome aaron why don't you tell us about your ska pick all right so i chose a song that's like a year old or so what a year and a half old yeah uh, five iron frenzy home homelessly devoted just to happen to be listening to this record a lot lately um great record possibly possibly their best record what do you guys think yes yeah i I mean, I always, you know, say it's a three-way tie between this uh, Electric Boogaloo and our newest album ever. But like musically and overall lyrically, like just they're both so great on this album. So, you know, there's sort of a nostalgia with the other albums that I, you know, because those mm-hmm. like really hit me at the right time. But the, man, this album just kicks you in the yeah. face and doesn't let go. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. I'm just, I'm just that's I just off the top of my head when you ask for a Scott pick, I'm like, well. I've been digging this record a while. I've been been really digging this record lately, and this song particularly. So, boom! All right, here we that's go. How, that's how we do. Homeless, <laughs> homelessly devoted to you by Fiverr and Frenzy. Fun fact about that album, uh, maybe some people know this or not, but on about half the songs on this record, Reese had to record it with a mask on because it was being recorded during COVID. So when you listen to the album, you can have a fun time trying to pick out which ones he's wearing a mask on and which one he is not. Uh, so it was, so half, was half of it recorded before COVID, is what you're saying? Or was um, I it guess recorded under different circumstances? It was recorded... 
under different circumstances in a different studio at one point and gotcha okay yeah so the person recording it felt like oh he may have you know because he was traveling so it was sort of like "Mm, just in case um so yeah so uh some of them you can really you can like oh yeah that's (laughs) that makes sense he's clearly got a mask on all right uh i heard that um reese also wore rubber gloves um for half the songs that actually might be possible (laughs) Too. Who knows? I don't know. I also heard Reese wore no pants for any of the songs. Uh, Reese never wears <laughs> pants. Never. And then he's like, Whose pants are these? I also yeah. heard Chris is wearing no pants right now. <laughs> Who knows? You heard correct. It's, he texted me a picture. Yep. Pants <laughs> optional. But see, that's not weird. I always text Adam no pants pictures. It's a daily thing. He's like, Here you go. Here's your daily no pants picture. Yep. Keep those Skabucks coming, boy. Yep. It's part of our deal. That's it's funny. very abusive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, hey, I do what I gotta do. Yeah. Hey, whatever whatever it do does you have to do to keep the ska bucks rolling in, right? That's yeah. correct. All right, Adam, why don't you tell us about your ska pick? My my ska pick is from down in your neck of the woods, a band called Corrupt Vision. Um they are uh if I if I was 16 right now, uh they would probably be my favorite band. And if uh, if Eric Willingham had quit Flat Planet and I had re- replaced him as the lead singer, this is what Flat Planet probably would have ended up sounding like. Um, <laughs> as a, as a forty five year old man, though, I just they are one of uh, the ska bands that I feel like should get more recognition, um, especially since they're basically a grindcore band but with ska parts. Awesome! Did you say the title of the song? The song, the song is called Useless God. Okay, I couldn't remember. All right, so here's Useless God. All right, here we go. So that's definitely a song you get in the pit and try to love someone on. So, yeah. So can I tell a fun Corrupt Vision story? Yes. I want to hear the fun Corrupt Vision story. At least related to Corrupt Vision. So there's um, this person, Jeremy, who came to the shows that um, hosted with some bands uh, last month in Austin and San Antonio and was wearing a Corrupt Vision shirt. And he was walking around by himself and... I was like, okay, that's cool. You don't see a crop vision shirt around here. That's often. Um, I was like, Hey, your shirt is awesome. It's like, Oh, you like crop vision. I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> obviously it's like, Oh, cool. Um, I don't really know any of these bands here, but I saw on the flyer that they were like ska bands. Like, Oh, well, there aren't really any here today except for maybe Hans Gruber that sound like crop vision, but 
you know, if you like other types of stuff, you probably like it. He's like, okay, well then I'll hang out. And then like the, the next band was Los Corrados um, from Austin. And Jeremy went bananas, like completely bonkers in the pit going totally crazy. And afterwards, like, man, you, you love them. He's like, yeah, this is my shit. I'm like, okay, great. And then I actually, I didn't really see Jeremy again. Then the show that was just like a week ago, Scott by Scott West, there's Jeremy again, wearing the corrupt vision shirt. And he comes up to me. He's like, Hey, I'm following you on the internet. And I ordered a bunch of stuff from you. Can I get it right now? <laughs> like, oh, uh, maybe. I don't remember what you got. Can you tell me? And we like looked it up and I had some of it with me. So I handed him the stuff that I had, including the Hans Gruber record, had it already like early. And then he was like, oh, cool. Like, um, I just want to make sure that you have other shirts though. He's like, oh, I wore it. So you'd remember who I was. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to Jeremy. Great person. Shout out to Jeremy. Yeah. Shout out to Jeremy. Corrupt Vision Jeremy. fans. The best so far. Good job, Jeremy. Yeah. All right, uh, Brian, why don't you tell us about your Scott pick? Sure, but first I'm going to say, if I ever got went to a Corrupt Vision concert, I think the experience would be like the last time I got in the mosh pit, which was when I realized I should not get in mosh pits anymore <laughs> because I am not in good shape. Mm. And instead, I just leaned my head up against my friend and followed him around for about 20 <laughs> minutes or whatever in the pit. Trying to was that? Uh, Kid um, Rock. No, that, <laughs> it was Kid Rock. <laughs> it was... <laughs> It was probably like uh, P.O.D. Yeah, uh, that's probably who it was. Brian, what's your favorite P.O.D. song? <laughs> Here comes uh, the boom. It, the good, choice, good choice, Chris, but I'm trying to hear from Brian. I'm sorry. <laughs> Those are the ones I remember. Uh, yeah, may, maybe maybe Youth of the Nation. I don't know. It's been a while. When you uh, sing along I, to that song, it's been a say, while. It's a different band, um, <laughs> right? right. <Zing. laughs> it's been a while. It's yeah. been a you while. say we are, we are in the librarian. I, I, that's exactly how I sing it all the time. I knew it. Actually, I probably don't say in the librarian, but maybe like in the library. I don't want. Um, I don't want necessarily. Yeah, in in I just wrote you a new theme song. <laughs> yeah. In the sky side, you know those kids don't play. They don't. They don't play. <laughs> Uh, they very well they very rarely play um my my pick is uh, uh one of the first sort of ska bands that i ever heard although they're really more of a punk band and they have some songs that were ska punk and then they just totally changed their style after like their first or second album to like mm -hmm. uh glam rock like 80s hair band and it was a great album but it's a band called uh, squad 50 uh who uh, hadn't done anything in a long time recently had a new album come out this is the first album of theirs I heard, and it's a song called Fight the System. And I hear, like I've been thinking about it a lot lately because I've been a little frustrated by some things going on in Texas and with, uh, with lots of things, but also with books and specifically. And so I've been wanting to fight the system, which is not the exact same system they're wanting to fight, but I fight my own systems. So <laughs> they can fight their systems, I'll fight my systems. All right, so here's a Fight the System from Squad 5-0. Fight the system. We got to fight. We got to. We got to fight the system. We got to fight. We got to. We got to fight the system. We got to fight. We got to. We got to fight the system. We got to fight. We got to. We got to fight the system. We got to fight. We got to. We got to fight the system. We got to f
So I remember buying this album and the the first two albums, and yes, their their third album, yes, there was more of a rock and roll band. Uh, it would be like listening to uh, Imagine Rancid all of a sudden putting out like a Kiss album, like it was just dramatically different. I was like, um, no thanks. And uh, you know, you just get used to a band's style, and and I remember. So the band Orange County Supertones, they re-record some of their early songs for like a best of album. And at the end, they started like mentioning all these other ska bands because that was sort of what the song that they had re-recorded was about, like celebrating ska. And so like at the end, they mentioned Squad 5-0 and he goes, yeah, Squad 5-0, you guys, you know, pretend like you never tried to be ska. <laughs> and uh, it was pretty funny. And... um <laughs> All right, so my ska pick is uh, from a band out here in California. I believe they reside out of Riverside. It's called The Odd Advantage. and um, Ooh, they played at Sky by Skywest. Oh, and yes. And they were awesome. They were so good. They, were, they really blew me away. Yeah. Um, recently, I ran into their drummer at a show, and he was nice enough to give me a T-shirt. They, of course, do not have anything in my side. Wh- size, which I totally understand. Uh, but I did take the shirt, and it is now sitting up on where a wall where I have like I put a lot of my posters. So it's part of my background for, for when I make videos. But this song is called "Give Him a Break" by The Odd Advantage. I've been recently listening to that EP and that song really stands out. And, uh, yeah. So even though Gary, or sorry, I did that again, even though RJ. <laughs> wow, me, so disrespectful. I know I do it all the time though. Um, <laughs> I, uh, even though RJ had to leave early, I do want to still play his Scott pick. And, uh, so RJ's pick was by MU three thirty, And, uh, I'm not sure. I think this song is called fragile. No, wait, it's called Fragile. All right. And so here's uh, Fragile by MU330, and it is RJ Phoenix's Scott Pick of the Week.
good song. It's fun. Can I ask you a question, Matt? Sure. How do you determine how long the clips go? Uh, mostly by feeling, but usually I try to keep it under a, a minute. <laughs> I was gonna say some of them have been like so different. Uh, yeah, a lot of times it's I try like my go-to thing is uh like a verse and a chorus like that's sort of like the overall. But sometimes depending on the song, if it like has a longer intro, you know then that means it goes over so you know it's just gotcha. it's a feeling i gotcha um, i've i've toured so much with mbc 30 one of my favorite mbc 30 isms ever is rob bell always had like the best things to say and we woke up one morning at some hostel and we all pile into the van and he goes you ever wake up just don't want to do shit <laughs> and i think of that every morning that i don't feel like doing shit I think of Rob Bell saying that. <laughs> That's funny. You know, Adam, I feel like you've said that to me before. You ever wake up, don't feel like doing shit. You ever have Rob Bell ask you if you if you want to see his bullet hole? Of that course. doesn't happen anymore because Rob doesn't drink anymore. <laughs> Shout out Rob Bell. Shout out Rob Bell. Shout out Rob. We'll just share real quick with your uh, uh, listeners who are watching at home. Mm-hmm. Here's my uh, homemade fidget spinner. Oh, I love it. Taken, uh, is that I what you do a, while we're while we're here? Yes, I take um, an eraser and this like a uh, document clamp. I, I love that your it. your your webcam is so dramatic too. It like I, yeah, I know, I know. It's like like it does like a weird Ken Burns effect. My again, I use a, a fingerboard. My wife said, my wife came in and she's like, "You got to do this." And oh, like, Chris, okay. kickflip! Show yeah, us a kickflip right yeah, now. Yeah, please show the listeners at home. Okay, ready? Go, do it. Oh, so oh, he did it. He, he actually it. did it. I can't he believe it. it. Uh, well, our time has come to an end, and I want to thank all of you for joining us on this week's episode. It was a pleasure to have you. And, uh, of course, everyone, please go check out In Defense of Ska, The Rudy Librarian, Ska Punk International, and, of course, 23 Minutes of Ska. Check out all those great podcasts and all the other ones out there. And um, until next time, keep listening to Ska. You've been listening to On The Upbeat. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you get all the new episodes as soon as they're available. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at On The Upbeat Ska. Follow our Spotify playlist, Ska Favorites. It features all the songs heard on the show. Please consider joining our Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash on the upbeat ska to sign up today. And thank you for supporting on the upbeat.